Hello and welcome, friends, to this week's edition of Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, here on your community radio station. We're Forward Radio, WFMP Louisville, broadcasting to you from here in the historic Hayburn Building at 106.5 FM. But also, we live broadcast wherever you are in the world at forwardradio.org. You can always catch us and you can find archived versions of our local programs, the podcasts. You can share them out with your friends. If you hear something great on Forward Radio, please do share it with your friends. We're building this community radio station for you. It's radio for the people by the people. And we'd love to have you behind these microphones too, folks. Go to FordRadio.org, click on participate. You, Yes, you can get your voice on the air today, whether it's a, as a guest of somebody's program or doing your own show. Even if it's just a one-time thing, you want to highlight something coming up, we'd love to have you on our access hour. So go to FordRadio.org, click participate and hey, click donate too. Chip in a few bucks to help keep us on the air. Well, we are going to talk about agriculture today. I'm so excited to have the microphones filled we've got the radio the station filled with friends from the urban agriculture coalition that's always right. good to have you all here that's right the urban agriculture coalition if you want to play along at home you can learn more about them at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow they are a proud community partner with Ford Radio. That means they chip in a few bucks as a coalition every year to help sustain this station. If you're part of a nonprofit, you could do that too. Uh, but behind the microphones today, we've got Madeline Marshall, soil technician at Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District. Yeah, good to be back. here. Yeah, Thank you. Good yeah. to have you. Mm-hmm. And Vaughn Barnes is back from Kentucky and Backyard Farms and now from KSU. You're an urban ag extension agent for Jefferson County. Welcome right. back. What's going on? And I wish this was TV because he's representing today. He's got <laughs> yeah. the hat. He's got the hoodie. He's got it all going on. All things cash. <laughs> and Amelia Balance here, also welcoming you back to my program. She's the Urban Agriculture Sustainability Coordinator for Common Earth Gardens at Catholic Charities of Louisville. So good to have you all mm-hmm. back. Why are we talking about agriculture in January? That's a great question. <laughs> you know, there's it, the it is the off it? season, but we're always they say that if you're not dreaming about your garden in January, right. you're missing the best month of gardening. <laughs> so that's a fact. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. And, yeah, and besides, the rest of the year, y'all are too busy. Your hands are too dirty, right? You can't, we can't get uh-huh. you in the studio. This is a good time to talk about it. But also, it's a really important time for trees, right? It is. Uh, I have been planting the heck out of trees, but it is also pruning time right it is pruning time for Mm -hmm. for all trees and especially our fruit and nut bearing trees yeah so it's a good time to get in there while the trees are dormant yep to decrease disease spread of disease get in there and and open the trees up provide a lot of space for oxygen and light to filter through so they can provide us with uh, more fruit and nuts. So every year we gather as part of the Urban Agriculture Coalition, we gather in a group to do winter orchard brigades. The orchard brigade! Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. We are lent tools by Louisville Grows, Yay, another, Louisville Grows, another yeah. great partner for the Urban Ag Coalition. And we travel the city pruning the community orchards and it's it's always a really fun time we meet pretty much every weekend for just a few hours and we always get a a lot of a lot of good work done 
That's right. Um, I've been doing this for years, and it is so much more fun to do this in community mm -hmm. with other people, especially because some of it's a little bit sketchy, like you're up on a ladder trying to reach yeah. that, and it's good to have other people around the spot, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and then yeah. you have, I love it, you have different crews of people, like you have people who really want to use the print. Then you have the stick witches who like to go around and bundle the stick. <laughs> up all That's the me. Uh -huh. The stick witches. That's a good name. Yeah, I'm the stick witch for sure. <laughs> we, got, we got to have stick witches and stick wizards. Wizards, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it is important i think to emphasize for our listeners that this this tree pruning thing i mean it, it can be easy to think that well, well nature takes care of itself right we should just leave it alone and you know trees are natural things they'll do their own thing it's true they'll, they'll they can grow but this is really about maximizing our production right and keeping right. our yes. keeping our fruit healthy and disease free yes. and mold free and all that stuff right that's why you were saying earlier we need to open up the tree a little bit right yeah. get some sunlight in there get get mm -hmm. some airflow through there and then make sure you also have all the branches that you want to continue to grow to bear fruit Right, right. So if you if you know your tree well, you can target. Oh, this uh, this branch is really productive. It must have the most sun or whatever, and the, and then you can really emphasize that in your pruning, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of the trees, for better or for worse, that we have around the city are not the best trees for our climate. Right. So We're growing things that the, aren't native. Necessarily. Right. right. Yeah. So they need the extra attention to give us the maximum yield. And pruning a fruit tree is different from pruning a city tree because you want to be able to reach the fruit. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so you want to kind of give it a haircut on the top and <laughs> you want to uh, make sure you have a lot of lower lying branches to be able to reach your your fruit. So we, we go through and we take off a lot of the the water sprouts that have come up since the last year and any branches that are growing inward or downward or crossing over each other. So yeah, those are just some tips for pruning your own fruit trees. I, I think it speaks to what, what agriculture really is, right? It's a balance of like humans and what we do and what we want and what nature does and what nature wants right like we yeah. kind of we kind of join into this sustainable ag that means production for us we get our fruit and low enough for me to grab no problem yeah. but also the tree gets what it needs so you can over prune a tree right that, yeah. that absolutely we don't want to do that you don't yeah. want to over prune you definitely want to give enough so there's fruit for everybody fruit and, for everybody. That's and right. the, the good branches stay but not the little branches that suck away energy from the fruit that you want to produce Right, you right. don't want to take off more than one third of the tree That's a when good you're rule pruning. Of thumb, right? So, yeah. anything more than that, and you're going to be shocking the tree to the point where it may not be doing well right. the next couple of seasons. Right. Yeah. And of course, some prunings, obviously, like you want to take off the dead wood, the diseased mm -hmm. wood, anything like that. Obviously, if it's growing into a neighbor's yard and the neighbor doesn't want it, you might take off that portion. But then you, after you do that stuff, then you look at, okay, what's the rest here that I could do the little haircut on, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is a great opportunity for folks who've never really thought too much about this or they've only like looked at the YouTube video and they would love to ask somebody a question. Right. These orchard brigades are actually really good times for the public to come out and learn from other members of the Urban Ag Coalition, right? Yes, we always want more folks to come out. There's always more work to do. 
We always need more stick witches. <laughs> so, so yeah, we really love it when new folks come out. It's it's fun for us, and I think people learn a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think they're all on the weekends, so it should be easier for people to come out. Right. Um, the full schedule is up at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow, but I know the next one is coming up Sunday, February 5th from 1 to 4 at Lots of Food on Portland Avenue, 1647 Portland Avenue. Uh, that is my wife Amanda's Urban Orchard, and that's a chance for f- folks to see almonds growing right yeah. here in Louisville. I yeah. think um, at her property, that's like one of the first properties I've ever been to. It's a lot that you can learn. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's different from going to like a YouTube video. Uh-huh. When you actually have it in front of you, you have somebody that can teach you about it from their experience. Yeah. And you're doing it within the same climate as the person that would have potentially been on the video that you were searching. That's right. So that's you have right. everything in front of you and the opportunity to ask questions. It's a great place to be at. And we've talked about how this is important for like the tree health and stuff like that. But this is actually also really important for maintenance of our community orchards, right? We, I think a lot of people don't realize that our city actually has quite a few of these community orchards that are open to the public to come sample some of these great fruits. Uh, like coming up on February 10th, we'll be out at Americana Community Center. They have an orchard there. On February 17th, we'll be at uh, L's Urban and Public Affairs Garden with a mini public orchard there then uh february 24th back at shawnee people's garden and on march 4th at the opportunity corner on 18th street right so these are just some of the many community Mm -hmm. orchards all around our city you want to talk about any of your favorites or maybe hidden gems people might not know Mm. about i like the portland food forest which is also on portland avenue there there are grapes over there yeah which is pretty fun yeah that's right so, so some... that's one. That's a good one, and it's completely open. There's no fence around it. Right. Um, if you look up uh, Portland Food Forest, you'll you'll find the the address. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a great one to stop by in July, and uh, take yeah. take some of the fresh fruit that's yeah. over there. Amelia, what, what's your favorite? I haven't experienced many of the orchards, oh, really? but I did stop by the incubator farm on Miller's Lane and they had yes. fig trees and because this weather's oh, been a little wonky yeah. there were some figs growing in fall whoa wow. they didn't have a chance but mm-hmm. I do love me some figs oh yeah mm-hmm. fresh figs are the it's one of my favorites I think if I my answer my favorite spot is the dwarf trees around U of L yeah those little peaches mm-hmm so yes that's like the hidden gem that nobody <laughs> talks about, nobody knows, but it's like right in like July, mm-hmm. that time you go out there with your little bag, you can make your jams, <laughs> you can make your drinks or yeah. whatever you want to with these little peaches. These little donut the, peaches, the flatty the, ones. Mm. I mean, and the trees are only what, four foot, five foot tall? Mm, so they, like, They're getting bigger now, but yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, get them yeah. down. They, <laughs> well, they have the ones that's on the edge of the building, uh-huh. and then you got the ones that's down yeah. on the back side of like the alleyway. Yeah, on the alleyway. Yeah, that's but, right. That's yeah, right. Those two spots. Oh, I know which the dwarf ones yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, on mm-hmm. Lee Street, I think it yes. is. I, those are good, too. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned things like grapes. Uh, so some of this pruning might be things like berries and grapes that also 
need a little attention too, and not just trees. So people can get exposed to a lot of different things if they come on out exactly. to the orchard brigades, right? Yeah, I think every orchard has something kind of a little unique to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So uh, folks can, again, learn more at foodandneighborhoods.org slash grow and show up for any of the winter orchard brigades. You can sign up online, right? If you if you yeah, know we'll you're going to be there. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. And we'll yeah. put a link in the show notes yeah, to that sign that. up genius. Yeah. Uh, but folks are welcome to just show up too. If you can only come for an hour, that's all right. Uh, this is you know a public event. The idea is education and outreach, as well as getting the work done, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, So that's it for the Orchard Brigades. we got a lot of other things to talk about today with my friends from the Urban Ag Coalition, Madeline Marshall from the Soil and Water Conservation District, which you can learn more about them at jeffcd.org, Vaughn Barnes from Kentuckiana Backyard Farms, and now at KSU as well as an Urban Ag Extension agent. Uh, You can learn more about his stuff. You're you're all over social media in Kentuckiana Backyard Farms, right? Man, I I try to be. I try to be. (laughs) Pretty much any platform you want. Uh, And Amelia Balon's also here, uh, Urban Ag Sustainability Coordinator for Common Earth Gardens at Catholic Charities. You can learn more about that at cclu.org. So, Amelia, tell us about these Urban Ag Conservation Workshops that Common Earth Gardens is going to be doing. Yeah, so this is the second round of workshops we're going through, and we got a lot of farmer feedback. So some of the topics we're going to be doing this spring um, are going to include intercropping. That's planting more than one crop in a row, close proximity to each other. And a cool example that one of my coworkers does is um, the sister... Um, the three sisters yes because they fill a different space you know you have the corn you have the beans that climb up the corn and then you have the squash that's getting some good shading getting still enough sun and they all work together and provide different nutrients to the soil Um, so that was one of the needs so we're going to be doing that workshop March 4th and March 11th it's going to be Saturdays um, at one of the community gardens oh wow yes and what is cool this round is that we're opening up to the urban ag community at large not just the new american farmers that we work with so there will be interpreters um, providing those services but we definitely want to create more of a community an intercultural community and uh, vaughn is actually going to come out i think for one of the workshops and help help us learn about the things yeah so in my portion with that it's just my extension experience now yeah. that I get to bring to help provide more resources and help all the other people in the community learn what extension has to offer Yeah, even when they go to plant. Um, and you said... It's going to be at the Southside Community Garden right. in 7th Street Community Garden. So nice. I could just bring resources to those places and let them know like, hey, look, Jefferson County Extension isn't just UK. There's also Kentucky yeah. State. Mm-hmm. So you can go to Kentucky State and get some resources. Does KSU have a slightly different mission or approach to UK's extension? Well, it's not that it's different because, again, growing is growing. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's for everybody. But we are focused more on the at-risk and the need right. of the urban spaces. So... Everything urban is what we plan on doing. Uh, I can let the cat out the bag now <laughs> that um, there's going to be an urban ag conference this year. Oh, really? So in September, we plan on having a, a huge conference. The first uh, one in yeah. Kentucky, right? It's gonna, well, it's going to be the first one in Kentucky, and it's going to be sponsored by Kentucky State University. Oh, that's awesome. So a lot of different urban ag people around the state will 
converge on Louisville to be at this conference. It's going to be amazing. Provided by Kentucky State. Yeah, it's awesome. And Urban Ag looks like a lot of things, right? There's Correct. a lot of different mm-hmm. kinds of growers in this coalition, right? You want to highlight? We've been talking about trees and orchards. Yeah. But there's like indoor farming, right? <laughs> there's community. Tell, tell us about the universe of Urban Ag. So Urban Ag, if you, if you look up a definition somewhere on Google, Urban Ag is defined by innovative growing in harder spaces right right so something that i was pointing out to madeline earlier we were looking at the top of the library yes and i said you're looking at what is going to be a urban spot and nice. she's like what i was like yeah try to put a garden up there oh wow <laughs> so even the top of top of a building yeah rooftop gardening that's urban act you might think about hydroponics and aquaponics mm-hmm. where you're incorporating fish with growing and you might do it in a container all of those things are urban ag because traditional ag you know you need land and space to do that a lot of urban ag doesn't have the land and space but you have to get creative with how right. you do what you're doing right and we we kind of squeeze it into the spaces we've got right yeah. <laughs> yeah. and some of those spaces even need a little remediation right like maybe the soil's been abused ain't so great uh so it's often like bringing in compost and things like that Correct. to get us started uh it can look like animals too and i know vaughn's done tons with animals yeah. uh but you can keep all kinds of different animals from bees to goats uh, right here in the city right? so even when you talk about just having animals and and doing things with animals i i sometimes think about you have to go back to the soil first yeah that's true it's, it's really about the microbial life and the the things the nutrients that you put into the dirt to make your dirt great and be able to produce from you know what sometimes isn't high quality dirt yeah and the the jefferson county soil and water conservation district in collaboration with the uk extension provides two free soil tests to every household in the uh, county every year right? every year every year and that can be either a nutrient test or a lead test right um, or you could do both and use both of your free vouchers so that's always a good thing to do every year to kind of figure out what your baseline is and what you need what you might need to amend your soil with yeah and uh, I'm going to step in and, and push Amelia up front. That uh, yeah. <laughs> She had brought it to my attention that she's going to do a soil workshop with Common Earth. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Talk a little bit about it. Compost? Yeah. Yes. And actually, I reached out to Letitia Marshall. Oh, Letitia. So we're bringing Another all the KSU the members. Yeah. She actually raises worms. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> shout out if you ever need worms. Yes. Yeah, her worm she, farm from yes. compost is is awesome. Didn't she do the grant to get that? Yeah, she is getting some of those materials covered through the the county investment agriculture program, which is a uh, yeah, it's a cost share reimbursement program that's all over in every county of the state. Um, yeah, it's a, one resource that we are able to extend to some urban farmers, too. And so. if you decide that you want to pick up urban farming, do know that this ability is out here for you. Yeah. You can yeah, apply resources. for CAPE funds, too. Nice. It's not just for the season, people. <laughs> it's also for the beginning farmers. As long as you have your farm, farm number. number and um, you reach out to... To me, to the Jefferson County yep. Soil and Water Conservation District. And you reach out yeah. to Madeline, and you get your you get your stuff together, and then voila, you can apply. And anyone can get a farm number. 
So, you know, if you're a grower and you, you know, you're thinking about expanding what you do and providing food and, you know, any other grown resources to your neighbors and friends, getting a farm number and becoming a part of this group and getting access to these programs is something that's really available to anyone. So you don't have to have multiple acres to engage with a lot of these programs. I think that's probably like the one thing that needs to be emphasized. It's like you don't have to have acreage to get a farm number (laughs) to get into agriculture. That's right. That's right. And I want to circle back uh, before we forget. So for these soil tests, how do people learn more about that? Where do they get their vouchers? Where do they bring their soil? All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So you can sign up for a free voucher at jeffcd.org, Jeff as in Jefferson, and you bring your soil to the extension office, which is at 4200 Gardner View Avenue, Suite 100. Wow, all in her head. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) I was like, I don't know the suite. I just know it's downstairs. You just got to bring it downstairs. And taking a soil sample is quite simple. You want to pick a few areas to dig, and you kind of dig down a few inches and collect a little bit of soil from each area, mix it all together, let it dry out, and then we need two cups just two um, cups. Just okay. two cups. And uh, then you, you bring that, that soil into the extension office. And it and could be a bag or a jar yeah, or anything, We right? have envelopes, too, if I you want to get one th- of the envelopes. But it can be in anything. There's a kit. If you go to 4200 Garden Review Ave and go downstairs uh, <laughs> to the front office, there's a kit with okay. a booklet on how to okay. with all the specificities with everything that you just said is exactly Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then for the nutrient test, it gets sent to UK, and the lead test, I believe, gets sent to Michigan. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And this is a good time of year to be doing that, right? Because, first of all, you don't have to clear the vegetation as much, but also it's going to take a little while to get your results back, and you want to make a plan for the spring, right? Yes, yeah, totally. So now's the time to get your voucher, get your soil tested in any place you want to grow. Make sure it's not only relatively free of lead but also got the nutrients you need and you're usually going to want to supplement it with some organic compost anyway right Right. (laughs) absolutely that helps keep it balanced as well as fertile right it's that life it's really the living soil that is what we're going after not some dead growing medium with the right nutrients right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's where sustainable ag comes in is Mm -hmm. when we keep that soil alive and healthy so awesome thanks thanks for bringing that up and reminding us too about those free soil tests yeah uh, and speaking of soil, I know that Common Earth Gardens is looking for some help with tilling soil, right? Yes, we are hiring someone um, or several people who have nice. a tiller and they nice. can till uh, the gardens that we support. Um, you would have to fill out a W-9, but you can reach out to us at commonearthgardens at gmail.com and we would love to connect. That's great. So do people need their own tillers or you got the equipment? We do need someone who has a tractor and tiller and all the implements oh, okay. and connections. Oh, okay, cool. Yes. All right. Do, do we know how many hours this is going to take? 
it would be pretty random times. <laughs> it, it, okay. Random only if we start a new garden. Okay. So okay. Common Earth Gardens is trying to expand. So once we do, um, we would need to till up some land. Other times we would till is end of the season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, if people are putting cover crops and yeah. if they're not manually bringing that into the soil, then we might till it into the soil. Right. So there's just certain times, but I would yeah. say end of the season or when we have new gardens opening up. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I tend to avoid tilling, but I'm always mm -hmm. doing really small scale. Like <laughs> if you're trying to break ground on a new community garden or something like that, it can be... It would be a lot of work to do it all by hand, right? <laughs> For sure. Yes. And we have tried before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people say there's this whole movement for no-till, right? Because mm -hmm. it protects that soil life underneath there. But, again, it's a kind of a balance between what we need as humans. We only have so much time and labor, right, right? and what nature would like. So I, th I think that's mm -hmm. what we're trying to do with the tilling, right? Yes. Well, and actually, at a lot of the gardens, we do have no-till practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, you know, what the needs are for each person's plot. That's up to them if they want it tilled or not. And they usually manually just turn over their soil. If they have cover crops, they just break it down into the soil and just leave it there yeah. uh, a lot of the times, too. And that is something we are trying to implement more is no-till. Mm. But there are those situations where it might be a little larger scale and yeah. it's more manual labor or, you know, removing saw. Yeah. And it's better when you just have the machinery. Right. And you do that to the soil once, and then we're like, okay, we're going to be better to you moving forward. And, and I imagine a lot of the new American growers that Common Earth Gardens works with are used to tilling with animals, draft animals, right? That's a whole thing. And a lot, I mean, I, I lived in mm -hmm. Paraguay many years, and that's how my neighbors tilled, right? They had a, <laughs> a big old ox. We don't see that in the urban setting. I so wish. Much, do we? <laughs> I would love to see that. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to even try this moving forward is to do like a, a compost, but scrap pile oh, for yeah. the chickens. Yeah. Shape it, and Ooh. then let the chickens go and find their food and do the yeah. work. And when they're love scratching. That. They're, they're aerating tilling. the soil and they're providing like, you know, waste matter or if you want to call it compost, hot compost yeah. into the ground and you're doing it all at once. Mm -hmm. But now you have an animal doing it wow. and, and they earn their keep that way. <laughs> yes. That's right. There's a lot of natural ways. If you have compact soil, you can even use radishes. They grow really quick right. and uh, they can break out break up the soil yeah they go deep um, yes so there's ways to get around using machinery right right and yeah sometimes with things like cover crops you do kind of want to turn them in to the soil a little bit at the when you're getting ready to grow so you kind of have to disrupt the surface a little bit yeah. uh but th again it's a balance like you don't want to till too much you don't want to not at all <laughs> it depends mm -hmm. on what your system is right right yeah well, Vaughn, let's talk about some of the things you got coming up. I know you're going to be doing a TED Talk soon. So the TED Talk is in what? Six days? No. February no. 3rd, right? Yeah, February 3rd. Oh, Dang, man. It's, even, it's faster than six days. <laughs> Gosh, what? Four days. Oh, my goodness. The Oak Conference had just passed. That was a great thing. Yes. Oak was good in uh, Frankfurt. What is it? Organic Association, Kentucky. Of Kentucky, yes, yes. And got to listen to a lot of great speakers talk about organic farming and things of the nature. But uh, the TED Talk that I have coming up, I'm going to be talking about my journey in the ag and uh, how I learned about my family and where my parents were from and 
the people whose last name I carry. Wow. So it's it's a lot for me, but you know, for everybody else, it's just I'm like, ooh, cool. Now I know more about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I have a lot of friends coming from out of town. So oh, right wow. now it's about like seven people wow. from. I mean, one from California, one from New York, one from Atlanta, and then the rest coming out of Florida. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but these are all people from like high school. And <laughs> they know me from high school. So to see me on stage, it's like, they ain't new. Like, <laughs> he was on stage in high school. He rapped in high school. So this is just going to be them seeing like the new level of who I was already. So, was growing up and animals and that kind of thing part of your childhood growing so, up? So I'm thinking of how much I want to say right now. Right. Little but, teaser. Uh, just give us a little tease. So. It was the things that I hated to do. Oh, interesting. I mean, and and like I said, the homeboys, when they get up here, they're like, yeah, man, you couldn't get him out the house unless you did chores. And and we knew that, you know, in order to get him out the house, you got to go over there and help Mr. and Mrs. Barnes do something in the backyard. And we help them out real quick and and we can get out the house. But that's that's where it was. And uh, I used to hate that stuff so much. But uh it was the trip to Jamaica that changed everything. Oh, so nice. Okay. When uh, when I talk about that at the TED, like for the people that know me, that's gonna be oh, that's it. That's for the people that happens. don't know me, it's gonna be like great. This is a great story. What like, a journey. Yeah. yeah. So people can see that story, learn more. Uh, it's gonna be at Bellarmine on February third, the TEDx Bellarmine. Uh, I've participated several years. It's a great event. I hope tickets are still available. I don't know. Well, I know that the tickets go up, okay. right? Um, Get your tickets now. We'll put a, a link to the TEDx Bellarmine uh, in the show notes as well that you can find at FordRadio.org. And then you're going to be doing a Black Farmers Conference down in Bowling Green? So Black Farmers Conference is the conference that Community Farm Alliance and Black Soil puts together. Oh, Black so, Soil, yes. So Black Soil, that's Ashley and uh, Community Farm Alliance. They partnered together to do a conference specific to black farmers in Kentucky. And not that it's not any different from any other conference, <laughs> but it's specified for black farmers where they're holding space for those farmers yeah. to come in, learn, speak, talk about, and then go back out into the state and execute. So, It's the Bowling Green area a, a concentration of black farmers in Kentucky? Well... There is some out there. Yeah. You know, most metropolitan areas or right. most of your major cities right. is where, you know, there's a concentration. But Barron County has the highest concentration of black farmers. Oh. If if that was like factoid. Okay. I learned that in one of the podcast episodes. All Thank right. you, Tanya. <laughs> and the farmers are there, but you know, you got farmers all the way. Metcalf County, Fayette, yeah. Louisville. I yeah. mean, they're everywhere. It's right. just now getting them to congregate. And uh, last year uh, we did the conference in Lexington. Okay. And uh, this year it's just in Bowling Green. You know, pr- providing different opportunities and space for people that didn't want to travel. So yeah, that's nice. You get more people out there. A great opportunity for networking. Yeah. Uh, building the Black Farming Movement here in Kentucky. That's going to be March third through the fourth. March third and fourth. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and people can learn more about that. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link to that as well on our show notes. Now you went to a fruit and vegetable conference as well. Right. What's some of the things you learned there? So the fruit and vegetable, well, I, a couple things. We learned about fruit and vegetables. We as in just like the people were there. Yeah. But I was also a speaker at the fruit and vegetable oh, conference. Nice. 
that time down there for me because you know i want to get better with my vegetable uh, process and of course you you know you talk to three sisters and yeah. the vendors outside <laughs> will have like their catalogs of how many different seeds that you can order and things of the nature so it was really that was a really you know edifying portion for me but uh the thing that i liked the most was the marketing i oh. went down there and i spoke about you know how to market your urban farm on social media because for me, as you know, second nature is easy. It's <laughs> it's the other side of the marketing that I learned about from the traditional farmers that, you know, they're in counties where you don't have a concentration of people. Yeah. So it's like, what are you guys doing that I could try to implement and what I have going on here and possibly, you know, tailor like a a fruit stand outside the garage or outside oh, yeah. the barn, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Amelia, so, I know that marketing is something that Common Earth Gardens has tried to work with their, your new American farmers on, right? Yes. Amir, he is the farmer market coordinator. So he helps, um, he actually facilitates these classes, these workshops with any new American farmers or gardeners who want to get involved, start marketing and getting involved with the farmer markets themselves too. So we provide all those classes because it's, it's a different game over here. Yeah. You come here and they're want, like, what, what is this? First of all, <laughs> what is this processed food you guys got going on here? I'm not putting that in my body. So number one is like, we got to get y'all some land, Yeah, get you some land. And if you want to keep this going and you want to make some money, then you got to learn the whole game we have here in this uh, system yeah, in America. Right. So yeah. part of that is you got to market, you, mm -hmm. you got competition, you got to make your stuff look good to, you know, your client. Cause it's wild. There'll be some farmers that grow massive cucumbers <laughs> and they're like, the bigger, the better. And then we're like, you can't do that Nobody's here. Gonna buy that no either. one's going to buy that. Cause the seeds way too big. They, it turns bitter. Like, so yeah, there's yeah. like a whole cultural difference in how you market so that is something that we help with awesome yeah. is there anything new on the horizon in terms of marketing our local food that's coming up in kentucky or louisville so to speak to that there's uh i mentioned the conference that's going to happen in september but there's the food vision 2030 oh that, tell me about that yeah so food vision 2030 is a thing going on with food and neighborhoods obviously if you all go to the website you could be a part of the work groups, and we highly encourage everybody in Jefferson County, please, please, please go to the website, join a work group. Don't let the decisions that these groups make happen without your input. Yeah, whether you're an eater or a producer, right? Right. It, it affects you, too. Yeah. You have to be involved with it. Because, yeah. like, one of the funniest things, and I'll, I'll just give another story to, like, emphasize this point. It's different when you're on the outside and things just happen to you and you don't realize, like, man, why why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Well, remember that meeting that they posted on your door, they sent to you, <laughs> and they said, come to that meeting, and you didn't want to go to that meeting? <laughs> In that meeting was your opportunity to make the difference. Yeah. This is one of those times where you need to show up to make a difference. Please, go to Food and Neighborhoods. Uh, website and find out how you can be a part of the work groups find uh find food and neighborhoods on on social media facebook wherever but make contact and ask questions and and drop your input because it is vital for the moving forward like the things that are moving forward in the food system out here and, and is that food vision going to be affecting city policy absolutely 
Amelia, if you want to speak on it. No, I actually had questions because I, I showed up for the meeting and I'm part of the education and training right. um, group. And I was wondering, so we're trying to figure out how we can implement these educational policies in the school system, oh, things nice. like that. Yeah. So when that vision is secured, we know what's going on. Right. What is the what is the next steps? Are we reaching out to yeah. city so, council members, things like that? So that's the thing. When the money was given to the organization to come up with the plan, like this two year grant is for all of that oh. to then implement later. So it's research input ingest the input come up with the plan and then start to execute the plan right so all of the stuff that we did at the work group and all the things that'll be happening for the next year two years is to get a solid plan to say hey this is what the food system was like this is what the food system will be like now mm. that we made these changes because people need to have closer access to the foods right and we as a we as a community in the agriculture community we understand the importance of being close to food we also understand the importance of everybody being able to say all right i know where it came from yeah mm -hmm. those that don't know don't realize this is where a lot of the problems happen yeah. and there's systemic problems that we're trying to change but in order to change those those systemic problems you need to be active. Yeah. Show up. You, you got to show, show up. up. Everyone. <laughs> so Everyone eats. Yeah. yeah. Every, everybody eats. Um, and, and it's funny, like, even the name, Everybody Eats. I have a, a friend down in Atlanta. He's he's one of the people that's coming up to uh, the TED. Nice. He has Everybody Eats Atlanta, and he's starting a, a situation just like here in Louisville where they have a co-op and they grow for the city. And when I talked to him about what we're doing, he was like, dude, just keep it up, because that's exactly it. Really? You need the people in the community involved with how the food is processed, where the food goes, what's being grown, and then they have better appreciation, and they treat each other better about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait. Yeah. This is so important because we can't just expect the you know, mainstream industrial capital system right. to serve all the needs of our community when it comes to fresh, healthy food, right? We can't just sit back and think, oh, it's going to take care of itself. We need the people to be actively involved in righting these wrongs, right? And, and creating food justice right here in Louisville. I mean, and, and you're saying it, righting the wrongs. Oh, man, it's just, it's shaking me up thinking about the, <laughs> the, the, the TED because, like, the my talk at the TED, at the TED Talk at Bellarmine is exactly the awakening of mm. the inner farmer. Mm. If you got a green thumb, you're good. If you yeah. got a black thumb, guess what? You're good too. <laughs> because in order to have a black thumb, you had to know that you tried. Now it's pairing you with the people that yeah. have the green thumbs. Yeah. So you, that pairing of people gets us all active and awakens the inner farmer inside of us to do the work that will change the system. Mm. Did, did, are you following I'm me? I'm following here? that. Because the capitalists that are running the system, they want you asleep. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the way as they long make the as most you, money. Right? As long as you don't know, like, hey, you can get a part of this too, then you lose out and you end up spending on something that, that is actually yours. <laughs> right. So, Wait, there's free food all around me? I just got a heart? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. they don't want you to know that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and... 
what you were saying, Vaughn, I, th- I think that's why the Urban Agriculture's Coalition's work is so important and th- emphasize the coalition, right? Like, it is people coming together, learning from each other, supporting each other in this work of transformation of our city to a place where everybody has access to fresh local food where they are and they don't have to rely on food from God knows where that was raised God knows how, right? <laughs> oh, man, we got we to gotta build the farmy, man. Yeah, yeah. We got to build a farmy. Mm-hmm. Farm army? We got to build a farmy. <laughs> farmy? <laughs> I love it. Got to build the farmy, man. Boots on the ground. I love it. All right, and the last thing I know you wanted to talk about is you're going to be doing a homesteaders workshop coming up in March, right? So the homesteaders workshop is exactly that. It's, it's just another way to open up the door to get the people that are slightly on the edge, it's just to like push them off the edge. Just like, <laughs> it's like here, look over there. Like there's a whole land of, you know, nuts and milk berries, and honey, and right? <laughs> milk and honey, and everything nice. And then as they look over, just like ah, there you go. <laughs> now you're in, you're in. And then we just start creating more clones of those people, and right. Then everybody starts to to have their own thing and and do their stuff. I mean, gosh, you guys missed the nerd night talk, but. Um, at Nerd Night, it's, it's the last Tuesday or last Thursday at Gravely. Oh, okay. It just happened. Yeah. But the Nerd Night talk was about that Joe Solinger meme or video that's going around where he said the thing in Berlin, the 2,000 uh, families all got three chickens and one tons oh. of you know food waste was relieved from wow. the landfills. Wow. So I ran the numbers on it. And started to do that and said, like, dang, this does make sense. And now everybody is complaining about egg prices being, you know, $7 a dozen. Mm. You can make that change. And I can show you how much it's going to cost you to have eggs at your house so you don't have to spend that anymore. Right. So it's, it's something, man. Yeah. It's definitely something. And and that's what homesteading is, right? You want to you want to tell the people what we mean when we say homesteading, especially in an urban setting. What does that mean? Well, urban homesteading to me is being able to be self sufficient. Yeah, right. Period. Producing like, what you need, right there. Produce what you need at the at the house. I mean, if it's in the backyard, it's in the backyard. If it's if it's at the apartments, it's at the apartment. <laughs> but you produce something to supplement. You know, the food that you ingest. Right. That's awesome. Keep your lookout for that coming up in March. Date's going to be announced a little later in uh, KSU's newsletter, right? Like, that's a great thing for people to subscribe to, right? Urban Aggieville Monthly. Awesome. You can subscribe to that uh, (laughs) on Food and Neighborhoods. or We'll We'll put put a link link in the show notes for this program at forwardradio.org. All right, we're we're just about out of time, but before I let you all out of the studio, I wanted to ask, what's something new you want to grow or try in urban ag, a system or something like that? What's something new you want to do in 2023? Ooh, um, personally? Yeah. Or Or with your farmer, you know. okay. Okay, well... People don't know this, but I actually don't have gardening experience. <laughs> <laughs> so anything is all new. To me. It is all new. I I um I have other skills that contribute to the cause. You sure do. But the growing my own food is something <gasps> I want to get involved yeah. in. And we actually opening up a new community garden at Saint Ignatius. Um, it's on Rangeland Road. Oh, wow. So I actually helped design the new garden layout. <gasps> and I might have been like, okay, I think I can make a little five by f- like a five by ten plot for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's gonna be my new project. So I'm very excited. Awesome. How about you, Vaughn? Man, I don't know how much more how many how many secrets do I have to let out <laughs> on the radio station? This year, what 
can I talk? I want to get better with goat yoga. I want my goat yoga to be better. Goat yoga? <laughs> yeah. So Are the goats doing yoga? Well, the goats are hanging around and, and okay. the people are doing yoga. Um, <laughs> last season, we did a we did that at Shipping Port yeah. Brewery in Portland. Oh, nice. And then at Old Louisville Brewery, <laughs> I need to find two more breweries to partner with. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, babies are happening. Oh, really? Right now. I'm oh, ki- wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding this week. Kidding being like the nannies. <laughs> you are ain't having kidding. Baby. You're kidding. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> ain't kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, the nannies are having babies. Oh, and wow. uh, uh By March or by March, April, we'll start the goat yoga season. Oh. And the circuit will happen every That's second so cool. Saturday, second and third Saturday at these locations. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It'll be it'll be popping off and it'll be nice. So much to do, so many things. So How to much. festival? Yeah, have that How count. to festival coming up at the library in May. Uh, don't miss out. Join foodinneighborhoods.org uh, slash grow for the Urban Ag Coalition. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me, Vaughn Barnes from Kentuckiana Backyard Farms and KSU Urban Ag Extension. Thank you, Madeline Marshall, soil technician at Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District, and Amelia Balon from the Commoner. Gardens at Catholic Charities of Louisville. Y'all are doing such great work. Keep it up, y'all. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Stay tuned, everybody. Coming up in just a second, I got your community action calendar. You don't want to miss what's happening this week in sustainability in Louisville, so stay tuned. here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, on Forward Radio. All right, I hope you got your calendars out and your pencils sharpened and are ready to take action for sustainability this week. It all starts on Tuesday, the 31st at 4 o'clock. The University of Louisville invites you to our virtual sustainability roundtable. 
And this week, we're going to be featuring Lane Boldman from the Kentucky Conservation Committee at 4 p.m. online. You can join the UofL Sustainability Council for the Spring Roundtable Series on alternate Tuesdays from at 4 o'clock for an hour. The Spring Series continues on the, this week with a discussion of bills before the 2023 Kentucky Legislature that are of concern for those interested in sustainability and, how, and will also learn how citizens can effectively lobby their legislators to impact our policy landscape. Joining us will be Executive Director of the Kentucky Conservation Committee, Lane Boldman. No pre-registration is required. You can just find the link to join and click on it at 4 o'clock on Tuesday at louisville.edu slash sustainability. Now, coming up on Thursday, February 2nd, it will be February soon, there'll be a public meeting about the Broadway All the Way Complete Street Redesign. Uh, there's two versions, both uh, virtual at 5 p.m. and an in-person at 6.30 p.m. Right across the alley from us here at the main public library at 301 York Street. The Kentucky and a Regional Planning and Development Agency, or KIPTA, is seeking public comment now through February 8th about the Broadway All the Way Complete Street Retrofit of Broadway from Shawnee Park to Baxter Avenue that will include a fixed guideway bus rapid transit system, a two-way cycle track for cyclists and scooters, and pedestrian safety improvements. The six and a quarter million dollar project is being sponsored by TARC and is scheduled to be completed in 2031. They will be sharing details at Thursday's public meeting, and they are accepting public comment there and online now for the proposal, which is technically called Amendment 10 to the Connecting Kentuckiana 2040 Metropolitan Transportation Plan. Full details, information about both of the meetings, the virtual one at 5 on Thursday and the in-person at the main library at 6.30, can be found at Kipta Transportation dot org slash amendment dash one zero and you'll also find a link there to how about how you can share your comments i did it it's quick and easy it's at kipta transportation dot org slash amendment dash one zero and the last day again for public review and comment is wednesday february 8th now, also coming up this week, it's the next in the Project Warm uh, Energy Conservation Workshops. Uh, they're doing these around the city and county uh, at various locations to help homeowners uh, or renters lower your utility bill by saving money. You can also save the environment. But some simple tricks that anybody can use to make their home more comfortable and energy efficient. And the next one is coming up on Friday, February 3rd at 1130. Uh, and it's out at Wilderness Road Senior Center. That's 8111 Blue Lick Road in Louisville. And there'll also be one on February 9th. I believe that's the last one in the series at the First Neighborhood Place uh, at 1503 Rangeland Road. Again, for more information, you can always go to projectwarm.org. 
Now, coming up this weekend, there are several things on Saturday, February 4th. You can't do them all. Even I, who loves to do everything, can't do all of these. You're going to have to pick and choose. Uh, the first thing is out at Bernheim Arboretum and Research Forest, just south of Louisville. On Saturday at 9 a.m., they're going to be having a conservation in practice hike on place-based stewardship, specifically woodland rehabilitation. You can tour revitalized woodlands along the Sun and Shade Loop with Kelly Vowles, research coordinator at Bernheim Forest. Invasive species can cause extinction of plants and animals, reducing biodiversity and alteration of ecosystems. Over 40% of rare species are threatened by invasives and cost billions of dollars to control. On this hike, learn how the origins of invasive species uh, happens, as well as their impact on native plants and animals and their habitats. Hikers will also learn how to identify plants, both native and non-native, during the winter months. Whether appropriate clothing and sturdy boots are recommended. The hike will meet up at the visitor's center and walk across the big prairie to the sun and shade loop. And again, that starts at 9 a.m., goes till 10.30 on Saturday morning. Registration is required by 4 p.m. Friday. You can do so by calling 502 955 8512 or just go to bernheim.org to register space is limited so you want to do that soon now also on saturday morning at 10 a.m there's going to be a community garden grant workshop an introduction to louisville grows's community garden toolkit and grant program taking place at 10 a.m. on Saturday at 1641 Portland Avenue at their Healthy House. The Louisville Grows Community Garden Grant provides funding and in-kind materials for new, revitalizing, or expanding gardens managed by community organizations, garden clubs, after-school programs, neighborhood associations, faith-based groups, and motivated community members. Groups may apply for funding of garden construction, soil prep, seeds and starts, tools, rain barrels or other irrigation methods, fencing and or compost or other gardening needs. The workshop will focus on the community garden toolkit, grant application requirements, and other benefits of the grant. A representative from the community garden must attend one of the workshops in order to submit a grant application. Anyone interested in attending to learn more about the community garden toolkit or to apply for the grant can register for a free ticket at tinyurl.com slash LG Garden Workshop number two three. Tinyurl.com slash LG Garden Workshop twenty three for the Saturday ten AM Community Garden Grant Workshop at the Healthy House. Also on Saturday at 10 a.m. out at the Louisville Nature Center, they're having a class on beginner birding. Take your birding to the next level. On this guided hike, Jacob will help participants to identify some of Louisville's beautiful birds. Participants will learn ID tips such as field marks, behavior, habitat, vocalizations, and more. This is for all skill levels of birding, ages 12 and up. Binoculars are highly recommended. You can get your tickets at louisvillenaturecenter.org, and it's two hours long starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Now, also Saturday, February 4th, is Kentucky Maple Day, with events happening around the state and right here in Jefferson County. There is going to be a Maple Sugar Shack open house with uh, making of maple syrup out at Dave Barker's Urban Ducks Farm in Linden. He's at 9011 Old Whips Mill Road. The... Uh, 
UofL, of course, is excited to participate in this day. The sap that we'll be boiling is coming from UofL's Belknap and Shelbyhurst campuses. In what has become a delightful annual tradition, our amazing community partner in making maple syrup from UofL Trees, Dave Barker, is again hosting an open house out at his sugar shack as we boil this year's sap and celebrate another successful year of tapping into nature's sweetness. All are welcome to come observe and learn more about local maple syrup production right here in Louisville. You can come see the process in action and sample some of the sweet goodness uh, full details are at louisville.edu slash sustainability, but everyone is welcome to come on out this Saturday from noon to 6 p.m. at the Urban Ducks Farm in Linden, 9011 Old Whips Mill Road. Now, also coming up on Saturday, it's the next in the Metro Neighborhood Tree Plantings from 1 to 4 p.m. This one is meeting up at the corner of Jacob and Floyd Street in beautiful Smoketown. Louisville Metro Parks invites you to join us for a fun afternoon of tree planting. We'll be planting about 50 trees to make Louisville streets a little greener. Tools, gloves, and guidance will all be provided by the Urban Forestry Team. No experience is necessary. Groups and families are welcome. In the event of rain, the project will actually take place on Sunday from 1 to 4, and all signed-up volunteers will be notified of any changes in advance. So sign up today using the My Impact app, and you can find the link for that at bestparksever.com. And again, it's this Saturday the 4th, 1 to 4 p.m., meeting up at Jacob and Floyd Streets. Uh, and the series continues. There'll be tree plantings every other week through April 15th. So learn more at bestparksever.com. They're also going to have a community forester class coming up on Saturday, February 11th and March 11th from 9 a.m. to noon. Uh, so you can learn more about that, too, at bestparksever.com. There's also an Winter Orchard Brigade event happening this weekend, Sunday, uh, February 5th with the Urban Agriculture Coalition. It's taking place from 1 to 4 out at Lots of Food at 1647 Portland Avenue. You can learn more about these uh, uh, rotating uh, orchard brigade workshops where we're helping prune community orchards around the city. You can learn more and sign up to volunteer at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow. And there are wintered orchard brigades taking place uh, Fridays, February 10th and 17th and 24th, and then Saturday, March 4th as well. And you, again, learn more and sign up at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow. Also on Sunday, we're kicking off the African-American History Film Series at the main public library on York Street. Every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. throughout the month of February, UofL's Health Science Center Office of Diversity and Inclusion in partnership with the Louisville Free Public Library and Lean Into Louisville are proud to present the 6th Annual African-American History Film Series every Sunday during Black History Month at 1.30 p.m. The main branch will host a film presentation and panel discussion led by Karen Krieger, Director of Health Equity. Uh, these events are free and open to all for a listing of the films and to register. You can go to lfpl.org slash bhfilms for black history films. lfpl.org slash bhfilms. Coming up this Sunday, February 5th at 1.30 p.m., it is a documentary called Tony Morrison, The Pieces I Am, an intimate look at the life and works of the legendary storyteller and Nobel Prize winner, Tony Morrison. You don't want to miss it. 
get in the groove of African American History Month coming up on Sunday at 1.30 at the Maine Public Library. And that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. I want to thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to being back in your ears again in one week's time. Be well, my friends. My little love, shady grow my darling, shady grow my true love. Well, I'm going back to Harlem. Shady grow my little love, shady grow my.